Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is great to be back on air once again, and it's great to be talking about the playoff-bound Wild once again. So, as I predicted, <laughs> correctly on the points department anyway, the Minnesota Wild wound up with exactly 100 points on the season. So we appreciate that. They got the triple-digit uh, plateau. Things happened pretty much exactly backwards, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, things went completely backwards <laughs> from what I was predicting. No, I did predict the Wild to lose to St. Louis, I believe. I'm all screwed up. I, I can't even remember, but I know I picked the Wild to beat Winnipeg and lose to Chicago. It flip-flopped and went all over the place, but regardless, the Wild wound up with exactly 100 points on the season. They are in sole possession of the number one wildcard position, which unfortunately means they're the seventh seed, not like third, fourth, fifth, or whatever, like we might have hoped for, but whatever. It is what it is. We got what some believe is a good matchup. I think it is as well. I didn't like the way things turned out uh, yesterday, Saturday, April 11th against St. Louis, but we're going to have to find out how things go. The St. Louis Blues will be playing the Minnesota Wild. That'll be segment number two. The whole second segment will be Talking about that upcoming series with the St. Louis Blues. <clears throat> Probably won't be that long because it's. I mean, we're talking about one team, basically. It's like one game review in all, basically. All right. Um, four games to review. Probably going to do it fairly brief because, you know, we're more interested in playoff talk than the games themselves at this point in time. But let's just talk about how we got where we are today. Monday, April the 6th, Minnesota Wild hosting the Winnipeg Jets. We're feeling real good, real confident, but and, and all that good stuff. Still no guarantee we're going to make the playoffs or anything after losing to the New York Rangers and Detroit Red Wings. Getting a little teeny bit scary, but we're probably going to make it. It's just, again, no guarantee. No guarantee. Winnipeg Jets, at the other, on the other hand, the number two wildcard team, scared to death pretty much about the LA Kings breathing down their back. So they came into XL Energy Center and, well, they pretty much just stifled the Minnesota Wild in a 2 nothing loss for us, of course. A victory for them, and that pretty much ensured them as likely candidates to make the postseason. 
Yep, and again, yeah, I'll be talking about the playoffs again in segment number two. I'll kind of briefly throw in little miniature predictions about all the series, all that good stuff in segment number two. Blake Wheeler scored very, very early <clears throat> in the game, 26th goal of the season, and Drew Stafford adding his 17th midway through the second period. That's about really all there is to say, other other than Winnipeg Jets, uh, Pav, Pavlicech, uh, Pavlech, I can't even say it, Pavlech, Pavlech was outstanding, and he got a shout-out against the Minnesota Wild, faced 32 shots. The Jets basically just stifled the Wild overall, and they destroyed the Minnesota Wild in puck possession throughout the night. Like, throughout the night, the Winnipeg Jets dominated the Minnesota Wild on the puck. It was a disappointing game, without a doubt, and all of a sudden we start we, we can't score. But again, the, the Winnipeg Jets are a legit team. They deserve to be in the playoffs. They don't particularly have the scorers we do, but, well, they scored more than us. They also have a really good goalie. They're really good defensively. All that good stuff. Extremely gritty. Their fans are annoying as hell. My apologies to Cindy Carlson, Mark Carlson's wife, because uh, she's a Winnipeg Jets fan, being from that area. <laughs> yep, Mark from Iowa. You know, Mark Carlson. Oh, yeah. A celebrity listener of this show at this point in time, if you know what I mean. He's a he's a star, without a doubt, of this show in Purple Mafia. Um, uh, yeah, it's just a... Uh, ties have turned a bit. The Minnesota Wild tended to own the Winnipeg Jets in the past. And I apologize if I'm talking a little too fast. I just want to kind of get going on this. I don't mean to be acting all crazy and all that. So <laughs> I just want to get going on this one. And I'm delaying it already as it is. But Pavlich stifled the Wild without a doubt. Stopped everything coming his way. It was a frustrating overall game for the Wild. Just did not go our way. Penalties all over the place. The Wild were uh, penalized four times. The Jets were penalized three times. The Wild, of course, over three. We I don't even need to look. The Wild didn't score. And the Jets converted on the power play, that being Blake Wheeler. 26th goal of the season. They look like a legit team. Who knows what's going to happen? It's just the fact that they're playing the Anaheim Mighty Ducks in the first round. That could be their undoing. It's just unfortunate. That's how it goes. So there it is. Winnipeg Jets win two to nothing. I don't really want to say all too much about that game. It was really, uh, it just was frustrating and kind of sad, to be quite honest. Thursday, a back-to-back situation. April seventh, Minnesota heading to Chicago. Oh yeah, the land of the two-time Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks, and always a threat to win the Stanley Cup. Patrick Kane or not, whatever it is. Devin Dubnik was unfrickin' believable in this game. Unbelievable in a 2-1 to victory for the Minnesota Wild in a back-to-back situation. No Darcy Kemper, at least not yet. <laughs> hint, hint. And yeah, you know what happened. This was a very well-played game on both teams' side. A very organized game because there was only two penalties the entire night. Minnesota Wild run the power play once. Blackhawks were on the power play once. And no power plays were converted on this particular night. The first two periods, it was gut-wrenching. It was scary. Chance after chance, but both goalies were stopping everything. Corey Crawford was unbelievable, stopping one puck after another, laying on the puck, whatever it was. Devin Dubnik was just a little bit better, and actually, no, he was a lot better. He was unbelievable because the Blackhawks were attacking him. They they had the puck more than the Wild, but the Wild ultimately were not dominated uh, in puck possession in this one. The Wild were a different team this time around. Because they're playing against the bully that knocked them out of the playoffs the last two years. And they're also realizing, hey, we need to get this done. We had a chance to quench the playoff berth Monday night. We need to get it done here Tuesday night against the Chicago Blackhawks or else. There's no doubt about it. Could you imagine 
this team blowing the last four games and missing the playoffs somehow, some way, wouldn't that be awful? It turns out that they wouldn't have missed the playoffs because they were so far ahead of the LA Kings, so hallelujah there. But you know what? In this day and age, let's not take any chances. Do you really want to blow an opportunity to make the playoffs when you're this hot and you have this goalie playing this well and, and all the stars are aligning for your team? Do you really want to blow this opportunity? Hell no. Mikhail Granlund <clears throat> with a putback off of Zach Parisi making it uh, with his eighth goal of the year. That was outstanding. About midway through the third period, as this was a very scary... It, it, it had a college national championship game feel to it. Like, it was just tight. It was so tight, and teams were playing... They weren't scared, but they were playing an unbelievable defense. <laughs> That's basically what it was. And it's just, oh, please, somebody score. It kind of had that vibe to it. But Mikhail Granlin finally <laughs> drew first blood on those Chicago Blackhawks. It was awesome. Fantastic. And then Jason Zucker flying down, or actually it wasn't Jason Zucker flying. He was, it was Chris Stewart who took the puck away from the Chicago Blackhawks, flying down the ice after a nice lead from Ryan Suter. And he feeds Jason Zucker for his 19th goal of the year. Oh, and by the way, this was Jason Zucker's first game back with the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, Jason Zucker was <laughs> unbelievable for the Minnesota Wild the whole time he's been back. He was outstanding all week. He's like another Zach Parisi, to be quite honest, and he actually is among the top five players in the entire National Hockey League in goals per per game. I mean, he has been unbelievable, his goal-scoring ability. I mean, he might have been a 40-point guy, or a 40-goal guy, if he was healthy all season. There's a, there's a chance of that, or at least a 35, 36-goal guy. In fact, he may have beaten Zach Parisi, who wound up with 33 goals on the season. Jason Zucker, absolutely outstanding getting the job done on that one, and Chris Stewart's value to this team is off the charts, and I can't wait to see him in the postseason. That is going to be <laughs> that is going to be a sight to see for all of us Wild fans. We are going to be so thrilled to have him on board, without a doubt. Uh, and one funny thing, too, as I try not to cough or anything, who do you think scored for the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah, it was a 2-1 to one game. You know, Minnesota wins 2-1. to one. We beat the Blackhawks. You know, Devin Dubnik, fantastic. You know, we just put our arms up in the air. Yeah, we're going to be fine. Devin Dubnik's going to shut these boys out. It's unbelievable. We're, we're better than the best team in hockey the last, like, five years or so on, on average. Then again, the Kings, well, uh, you know, one of the best teams in hockey. We're beating one of the best teams in hockey on the road. But, oh, who's the one guy that always bites the wild without a doubt? What's the same guy? The same guy, man. His name rhymes with Pickle. Old Brian Pickle. Yeah, Brian Bickle. Yeah, imagine that. Hmm. Brian Bickle. Ugh. Aren't you sick and tired of hearing that name? Because if you're not, you're not a Wild fan as far as I'm concerned. I mean, how can you call yourself a Wild fan if you're not sick of Brian Bickle? Ugh, 14th goal of the year. This was about, this was less than two minutes left in the game, about a minute and a half. Just enough to scare the hell out of us. Because the Blackhawks went empty net. But Devin Dubnik was unbelievable down the stretch, and the Wilds' defense was fantastic, knocking the puck away, tying up the Blackhawks and, and their opportunities. And that was all she wrote. Minnesota escapes Chicago. And by the way, yes, sir, 98 points on the season, and the Wild would have made it by one point over the LA Kings, by the way. Or would they have? Now that I, yeah, yeah, the LA Kings wound up with 95. Heck, we'll look at that later. I wasn't really looking at the Kings now because I knew we were okay. But oh, trust me, I would have been watching the LA Kings religiously yesterday should the Wild have lost to Chicago and Nashville this upcoming week. But man, what an awesome night. 
It looked uh, we were probably going to wind up with a number one wild card. It's just a matter of who who was it going to be? Was it going to be, or was there a chance we could actually catch Chicago because we beat Chicago head to head? There was still a chance the Wild beat Nashville and St. Louis. That chance still lived. We wind up with the number three seed. We go to Nashville in the first round, which would have had a lot of people in this town extremely excited because the matchup has been very good. At the beginning of the season, it was a terrible matchup. Now it's a wonderful matchup, isn't it? Without a doubt. So the Wild head to Nashville. A possible opponent in the playoffs coming up Thursday, April 9th. And the Wild were unbelievable in this one. Just fantastic. 4-2 victory for the Wild, ultimately. Now, it wasn't like this the whole game, but just the fact that we beat them, it felt so good. And our road winning streak went from 11 in Chicago to 12 in Nashville, which tied the all-time record for the Detroit Red Wings years ago. 12 wins on the road. Unbelievable. But things weren't this positive the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> no, they weren't. Philip Forsberg, after a turnover, took just he just took the puck. Oh, and by the way, Darcy Kemper was in the net. That's right, Darcy Kemper was in the net. Philip Forsberg just kind of grabbed a takeaway. He started, you know, <laughs> flying down the ice like he does. One-on-one kind of with Kemper. Okay, there were some defenders for the Wild, but they were a little bit behind Forsberg, unfortunately. And Forsberg was quite away from the net. He was mostly putting the puck on net, and sometimes it goes by, sometimes it doesn't. It was a great shot and all that. But tell me, tell me right now, your heart didn't sink when you saw that because it went right past Kemper's shoulder. Just right past. 25th goal of the year for the upcoming star, Philip Forsberg of the National Predators. And it's like a classic Kemper. A goal very early. Not even three freaking minutes into the game. one nothing Nashville. Darcy Kemper. Same old garbage. And then Seth Jones, about 10 minutes, no, not even 10 minutes, 7 minutes later, he pretty much put the puck on net again. <laughs> this was more from an angle. It wasn't coming down the ice with like, like a rocket type shot from Forsberg. He just kind of put it in, he just put it in the air, and it went past Kemper. Actually, this one was down. Yeah, this was down below. Kemper just couldn't catch up to it. Ugh. And I was like, my, my goodness, 2 nothing in favor of the Nashville Predators. 2 nothing in favor of the Predators just midway through the first period. Oh, no. Well, it's nice that we have Demon Dubnik and all that, but he needed a rest because you didn't want to have him play three games in four nights right before the postseason, so you had to rest him, right? That was the cool part, or that was the that was the good part. It's nice to rest Kemper, but then it's like, oh goody, you know, if anything ever happens to Dubnik or he needs a night off or this or that, we're screwed because Kemper's going to give up four or five goals and we're going to lose. But the good news was that was it. After this, Kemper was outstanding, and my whole hope in this whole situation was that these two guys are actually kind of similar. They're both very very big, very talented guys. That when they keep their head straight, they're outstanding because of their size. Like, they are literally brick walls in front of the net. When Kemper can keep his head, he's an outstanding goalie. And you saw that last season in a victory against the Los Angeles Kings on the road. Remember that? And we ended up winning in the shootout. That started a run that got the Wild moving. He was kind of like a miniature Devin Dubnik last season. Got the Wild started after a horrible, horrible first well, horrible month of late November into December. Horrible month of December. Literally the same cycle we have every year. Kemper was the hero. And to see Kemper come out of nowhere here in January and start to play like the Kemper we we liked. The Kemper that started out the season really nice. And literally, his his overall season stats are not bad. Like 2.46 goals against average. You'd think he's a pretty good goalie. But when you saw what he did in December, 
You don't think he's a good goalie. You think he's horrible, and he's going to kill us in a playoff game one of these days. Just imagine if you had to have him in a seventh game on a road, and he's given up four goals. That's about it. And in fact, he did give up four goals against the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> but that's uh, last year. We'll talk about that some other time when we need to, maybe against the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> but Kemper did not let another puck past him the rest of the night. He was absolutely downright outstanding the rest of the way. And another guy who was outstanding, <laughs> again, in his second game back from that collarbone injury, which actually sidelined Patrick Kane, <laughs> Jason Zucker returning about midway midway or so, maybe two-thirds or so in the recovery period that was expected, returns to the Minnesota Wild and was outstanding again. Scoring on the power play, Justin Fontaine, another similar goal again. He's just got that explosiveness to him and the quick wrister to his shot. He's just outstanding 20th goal of the season. Marco Scandella with a highlight reel spin-type play a mere 30 seconds later, and you knew the Wild Red business. As he's driving down the ice, he puts up a spin, highlight-type play, and just does an unbelievable shot. Places it perfectly over the shoulder of Patrick Rene. Tenth goal of the season. Scandella, not scoring on the rocket shot that he's known for <laughs> from the point on the power play, or just maybe it's five-on-five, five, whatever it is, but a lot of times on the power play with that rocket shot of his. But this was a highlight play. Like, I couldn't believe it. Tenth goal of the season. Unbelievable play. And it's nice to see Jordan Schrader... And Matt Cook again also. They were on the ice in this play and they both got their fifth assist of the season because Zach Parisi, Jason, uh, not Jason Pominville, Zach Parisi, yeah, Pominville was playing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Parisi, Koivu, and no, I, I can't even get it right now. <laughs> I apologize. Parisi, Vanek, and Niederreiter were out. Niederreiter was legitimately out with injury. Uh, the others, though, Vanek and Parisi, maybe just a little, just little minor injuries. Figure he let them heal up since we made the playoffs. Let them kind of rest up, at least get a day off, so you're not playing three games in four nights. All that good stuff. Similar situation with Devin Dubnik. And then the rest of the rest of the second period was kind of the typical grind it out type hockey. Sam similar in the third period. Shots fired back and forth. Still a little bit tense <laughs> when it's a 2-2 two to two game, but you got the vibe the Wild were going to win this one. And when Pominville scored late in that third period with only about two minutes left, 18th goal of the season. How nice was that to see from Jason Pominville to score his 18th goal of the year? I mean, certainly not what you'd expect from a guy who's more of like a 25-35 to 35 type of guy. But, well, he wound up with 18, and it ended up being <laughs> the goal that got the Wild their 100th point. Jason Zucker on the empty net later. Another feed from <laughs> Chris Stewart. Zucker with his second goal of the game. Unbelievable. Three goals in his first two nights back with the Minnesota Wild. I mean, I felt so good. And so did everybody. I mean, not only are we in the playoffs, but we're a 100-point team for only the second time in franchise history. Just a freaking awesome feeling for all of us here in town. It might be our third time, but eh, you know, <laughs> I think the year we played Colorado, we also had 100. But I know the year against Anaheim, we had a really good record. But we ran into a wall that season, and that was quite unfortunate. Um, but ultimately, a nice positive little finish against those natural predators made us feel so good, just so good, so good indeed. 100 points on the season. Here we go. We're guaranteed the top wild card spot, so we're probably going to wind up. Well, yeah, we're going to wind up with a seventh spot, but we might even move up into number three, and then we'd be playing Nashville again. And how comfortable would all of us feel with that series? We'll see. <laughs> so it's Nashville. At this point, it was Nashville, St. Louis, and Anaheim. 
So the Minnesota Wild back-to-back play a matinee game. And I hate these when it's nice outside. I hate it. (laughs) I hate these when it's nice outside. April 11th, Saturday, April 11th, a 4-2 victory for the St. Louis Blues. Devin Dubnik did not look too good. He was back in net, and so was everybody else. Uh, well, not everybody else. Uh, Niederreiter's still out with his injury situation. That's unfortunate. But you had uh, Parisi back in there. Vanek was also back out there, so it was nice. I mean, you got to keep them going. They're not, like, injured. They were just maybe a little bit teensy-weensy bit banged up, and Devin Dubnik needed some rest. Oh, no, Niederreiter, Niederreiter was in this game. I was actually quite surprised to see him, ultimately. But... This was, uh, <laughs> this, uh, but still, he's still hurt a little bit. That's what the concern is. He's, he's the most hurt out of that group. But ultimately, not the most positive game in the history of the world, though. Just about everybody will tell you, don't be worried about it. It's just a, you know, it's just a final game of the season. And remember, the Wild lost pretty ugly against the Columbus Blue Jackets way back in 2003 before their great playoff run. So don't forget. And remember last year, the Wild actually finished really poorly the last couple games of the season before their miniature playoff run that could have been a much bigger one if not for the infamous stanchion play. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of sucks to lose to the team that you're going to play in the next round, but again, neither team showed any type of cards or showed their hand in any way because they had a feeling they might be playing each other in the playoffs. In fact, even if they didn't play right now, they might play each other in the second round because you're staying in division at this point in time. Unless, of course, you wind up playing the Anaheim Ducks who were playing the Phoenix Coyotes. But, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you weren't going to play the Anaheim Ducks because they were going to beat the Phoenix Coyotes, and they did. A 2-1 to one game, very close, but yeah, the Ducks are not going to lose to the Phoenix Coyotes. No chance. No chance. There's that small chance of that. But this game, after two periods, not so much going on. Both teams playing pretty timid, and in fact, extremely timid. St. Louis Blues only one shot on goal, which drew sarcastic applause when the Blues got a shot on goal in the second period during the power play. But unfortunately, just moments later, they scored. And that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. The power play was, was over at that point. But Yasin, Yaskin did score his 13th goal of the year. Ole Jokinen and Patrick Berglund. Those are very, very familiar names from the Calgary Flames not too long ago. And then just about five minutes later, Tarasenko beat uh, <laughs> Dubnik and made him look pretty bad, quite frankly. 37th goal of the year. Alexander Steen and Chris Butler assisting in that situation. Mm-mm. And, yeah, it, it was unfortunate to see Dubnik get beat like that. And then literally a minute and a half later, <laughs> Letera scored his 13th goal of the season. Again, not a good... This this was the worst of all, to be quite honest. And at this point, Dubnik was pulled. And then, after a dumb turnover on a power play, or, yeah, basically, just uh, unassisted by Yuri Letera, 14th goal of the season, and the power play in the third period, that was his fourth goal of the earth. A 14th goal of the season, second goal of the game. I'm going crazy. I do apologize. That was that was when they beat Darcy Kemper. The first goal given up by him, anyway. Not the worst thing you ever saw, but not the best. Certainly not the best. And the Wild did not look too good in this game. Maybe they're just being careful to not get injured. And again, not showing their hand here. Because oh, be, beating St. Louis wouldn't have accomplished all too much. There was a chance we might play the Blackhawks. Or the we might pass the Blackhawks. But ultimately, it didn't wind up that way. And that was unfortunate. Zach Parisi scoring on the power play. <laughs> it was actually not too bad with about mm, 40 seconds left in the game. And ultimately, the Wild still down by two goals. And teams just kind of went through the motions. The Wild tried a little bit to do something, but they, <laughs> St. Louis just controlled the puck, ran the clock out, and that was all she wrote right there. 
Unfortunately, it was nice to get a power play goal, I suppose, but way, way too late. Brian Elliott looked fairly good in this one, to be quite honest. <laughs> that scares me a teeny bit. Not not too much, because the Wild only did muster 25 shots on goal. But um, Elliott, earlier in the year, the Wild really, really made him look awful in a couple games. To a point, they had to bring Jake Allen in there. So we'll see what happens. A lot of people think it's going to be Jake Allen against the Wild, but it's kind of a platoon between Jake Allen and Mr. Brian Elliott. So, yeah, I'm already getting started on the preview. We're going to leave this game alone. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It was boring, to be quite honest. It was a matinee on a nice day. And, yes, I was watching, but it wasn't a good game. (laughs) It wasn't a good game to watch. And during the intermissions, I was, you know, yeah, very keen on stepping outside and then enjoying the very, very nice weather here in the Twin Cities, which was uh, a nice reward after some horrible, rainy, cold weather all week. So there you go. <laughs> that's going to be that's gonna be what it is right there. And in case I forget to mention this at the end of the next segment, at the end of the show, I'm going to mention it right now. There is a possibility that really the release of the show might be sporadic due to the lawn cleanups are starting tomorrow on Monday. So, unfortunately, my work schedule is going to pretty much, well, it's going to increase by about 33%, we'll say, if not more. And it's a much more physical job than my other, my regular job. So, just letting you know, the release of this show may be more sporadic. We'll see. But I'm going to do the best I can to keep up with this show during the most important time of the year, the postseason. And that is the next topic. We'll be back right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. are back here on Brave the Wild. It's bombs away. Ready to talk playoff hockey? Because I sure am. Minnesota, St. Louis in the first round. Shall we start on that? Well, yeah, I guess we have to, don't we? Might as well get her started. Uh, at least when I feel like it. <laughs> no, Thursday, the Minnesota Wild head to St. Louis for game one. And, uh, well, it's it's going to be quite an adventure to see how this thing turns out, quite honestly. It's uh, I think the Wild can beat the St. Louis Blues. Without a doubt, the Blues, historically, in their postseason history, have not really gotten the job done. They've had great seasons, they've won their division, they've had the best record in hockey, and they always seem to find a way to blow it. I think the Wild could could be the, the next in a long line of teams that knock them out in the playoffs, knock them out in the first round. Regardless, they're going to have to, because if the Wild are going to continue this wonderful run they're on, they have to be St. Louis in order to advance. Plain and simple, and as you all know, it's a best out of seven, 
It is the old 2-2-1-1-1 format, which is a really good way to do hockey, which sets the Wild up nicely for a potential six-game victory over the St. Louis Blues. I do believe the Wild can beat the Blues in six games, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm being too optimistic. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, trying to see where to go with it, though. The They talk about the St. Louis Blues having a goalie problem. Sure, they kind of do. I mean, I kind of like both of them at the same time, Jake Allen and Brian Elliott. Remember, I always wanted Brian Elliott on the Minnesota Wild before ultimately we wound up with Devin Dubnik. I was like, hey, let's get Brian Elliott in town. He's got five shutouts on the season, 2.26 goals against average, 9.17, but the Wild have had wonderful success against Brian Elliott, at least semi-recently. Though it seems like not down on all that long ago, these two teams had a hell of a time, or excuse me, the Wild had a hell of a time playing against the St. Louis Blues. And remember Jacques Lemaire, Jacques Lemaire was still coach back when the Wild beat the St. Louis Blues in St. Louis until earlier this season. So it's kind of crazy how things can change so quickly. You just hope and pray that it can continue. And you know what? Again, (laughs) it's going to have to continue, to be quite honest, for the Wild to beat the St. Louis Blues. Nobody major of note, there we go, I wanted to get this up, um, nobody major of note has really, is out for the St. Louis Blues at this point in time. There's always nagging injuries all over the place, sure. Uh, TJ Oshie day-to-day, Steen day, uh, with knee as of March 29th, but he, you know, well, he helped the Blues score yesterday. Tarasenko had a leg issue day-to-day, 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 you know. But Beresenko has like, scored his 37th goal of the season. It was a wonderful, strong year for him. Really emerged as a star in this league. Again, was taken after Mikhail Granlund in the 2010 draft. That's right, after Mikhail Granlund in the 2010 draft. So, kind of go as you wish with that one. Beresenko off to a better start to his young career than Mikhail Granlund, as far as I'm concerned, at this point. Stansny is a guy, of course, we know him very well from last year against the... Uh, Colorado Avalanche, remember that? Now he's in St. Louis, only 46 points on the year. Certainly a far cry from what he from what he achieved earlier in the uh, from what he achieved er- earlier in his career. Earlier in the, what am I talking about? How he had a 60 point season in Colorado last year. Never really a star, but a very valuable guy. 79 points back in 2010. Kind of all over the place because of injuries and such. And he had a kind of a semi injury riddled year. In fact, well, it was mostly the early part of the season that he struggled to, to be healthy. He missed several games at the beginning of the season, but still won up with 73 games overall. He's definitely a key factor, but Tarasenko is clearly the star of the team. And then, this is going to be a wonderful rivalry-building type of series. I mean, we know how much everybody hates <laughs> David Backus. Oh, and by the way, he's from Minnesota. Yeah, no kidding, right? So that's going to be an ongoing back and forth. I mean, David Backus has got to be the most hated man in this series, i got to think. It's uh, TJ Oshie is another guy who is really, really, <laughs> really, really gets under people's skin as well, quite often, and I mean very, very often when these two teams play. It's this thing, <laughs> luckily, is loading the way it should. Boy, I was getting mad, like it wasn't really responding to me. I do apologize for that. Um, I mean, yeah, Yaskin, he's uh, another big player. Uh, well, not big, but he was a factor in the past. Shatton Kirk, we all we all know that name. Pietrangelo. Bo Meester, oh man, so many names, so many talented guys. And again, like I said before, if you shell one goalie, the other goalie is more than capable of being a starter. 
And, well, that's kind of how it should be in the NHL. If you have a backup goal, you want to have a competent backup, a guy that can, that can help you win some games, maybe even win a series. Like in the 2003 <laughs> playoffs of the Minnesota Wild, you had Manny Fernandez and you had Dwayne Rollison. Manny Fernandez started out that series. Dwayne Rollison was the hero against Colorado. And then Manny Fernandez was the hero against uh, uh, Vancouver. And then it was kind of back and forth in that series because we ran into John Sebastian Jaguar, who ended up ruining the wild season. Hopefully, Devin Dubnik can be that magical guy in this series and beyond. I think he ultimately can. And it's not just a, a stupid hot run where he's not allowing any goals at all, and then you get to the finals and still end up losing because it's just, you know, no, that's too too perfect. If it's too good to be true, you know, <laughs> whenever it seems too good to be true, it usually is, or it, it always is, to be quite honest. But the St. Louis Blues have rivalry written all over them. You say one name after another. Obviously, Bacchus, Steve Ott. Yeah, that's a huge name. <laughs> that's a huge rivalry right there. And Stansny, you already got that started last year with him. Oh, she is a, yeah, he's a biatch. You know, I don't know. I mean, he, he, he was getting a lot of, under a lot of people's skin, a lot of cheap shots, to be quite honest, earlier in the season in these back-to-back battles between these two teams. I wish this was showing the previous games in the earlier season, and that's driving me nuts, but I know the Wild beat them twice. Ultimately, the St. Louis Blues win the season series, though, three games to two, which might have some of the experts thinking, oh, you know, the Wild, the the, the, the St. Louis Blues are going to win this in five or six, maybe, oh, not five, they're going to win it in six or seven. Wild, a great season and everything, but the Blues will take them out in the in the long run. No, I, I don't think so. When you look, I mean, ultimately, when you look at the standings, the Minnesota Wild are basically only four and a half games behind the St. Louis Blues. That's not a whole lot. And when I say half, it's because they have one more shootout loss versus a win via the St. Louis Blues in that battle. They have four less. They have four more losses than the Blues and five less wins. So, of course, the eight and the seven in the, uh, the third category, the shootout slash overtime loss. So, basically, four and a half games behind the St. Louis Blues. That's not a whole lot of difference right there. And when you consider how good the Blues were all season and how strong they were and how dominant they were against the Wild and everybody thought they were just going to bully the Wild forever, when you consider how the Wild came back and how aggressively they came back to not only make the playoffs but look like a potential huge threat to go all the way and win it all. Go all the way and win it all, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, to to do that, basically. It shows you that (laughs) the Wild should probably, probably be favored in this series also, given the fact the Wild are starting off the series on the road. And what did we just finish talking about in the last segment? And what have we been talking about for mo- for months, for weeks with the Wild, is their road, their road record. And yeah, months, ultimately. 12 wins in a row and a f- fantastic road record. They've had a wonderful road history in the postseason. They've been in the seventh game of a playoff series three times. All of them were on the road. And all three of them the Minnesota Wild won three and zero oh in Game Sevens on the road, and yes, we talked about that in the past. But now that we're back in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen, that is a very valid conversation. If this series goes seven, the Wild win, and I think the Wild can, can and will win this in six. To be quite honest, I could see the Wild closing out the St. Louis Blues four games to two <laughs> about a week and a half from now, or two weeks from now, whatever it is. There we go. Uh, that would be Sunday, April twenty sixth would be game number six. That would be in XL Energy Center, and that's what I think is going to happen, to be quite honest. I think the Wild win the opener in this series. Maybe the Blues tie it up. And then it's an... uh, I'll say... Yeah, the Blues tie it up. 
<clears throat> I'm going all over the place. As it's Thursday, April 16th, Saturday, April 18th, maybe the Blues win. I, I think it's a split. I think the Wild go home one-to-one, and I think the Wild win two out of three. Out of the next three, uh, excuse me. Maybe the Wild go up two-to-one, the Blues win game four, the Wild win game five, and then close her out in game number six, Sunday, April 26th. But if need be, Wednesday, April the 29th, the Minnesota Wild will win that game in St. Louis. So if it's an elimination moment, I think the Wild ultimately win this uh, win this series, ultimately, in, in six or seven. I'll go with six for now. I hope I'm correct. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a fantastic matchup between these two teams. Mm-mm-mm. It's gonna be, it's gonna be something else. To be quite honest with you, as yes, there was the four to two loss. We all remember that. Let's just go back to March really quick. See how things went. Obviously, I mean, we know they won games in the in March, but let's talk about them. Yeah, there it was Saturday, March the fourteenth, a three to one victory. Devin Dubnik showing what he's got. It was unbelievable. And then three to six demolition in Excel Energy Center. Excuse me, six to three demolition of the Blues in Excel Energy Center. And I can see the Wild doing that. In Excel Energy Center, in, in at least one of those games, in games three or four, it's going to be something like that, where the Wild just, just, they just grab the horns of the series and 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 win this thing, and that's that's the way I see this thing turning out. To be quite honest, that three to six game, remember Brian Elliott was was pulled. It was just fantastic. The Wild just took it to him, and it was a sight to behold when you consider what a bully. The St. Louis Blues were in the past. And remember, Chris Stewart was on the Blues just like a year ago. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's absolutely nuts. Man, man, man. To consider how things changed as much as they did. Brian Elliott faced 16 shots and only stopped 12 of them. And it was just a dominant performance. Devin Dumnik still gave up three goals. It got a little sloppy because it we, we got a little too cute. And I think that was a mistake, ultimately. But at least the Wild got the job done and won the game. Justin Fontaine, that's who was really unbelievable in the game. A goal and two assists, three-point game for Justin Fontaine. Remember when that third line was just playing ridiculous? Charlie Coyle, Fontaine, Brodine was a huge factor. My goodness, it was such a sight to behold. Yep, and then Thomas Vanek had a goal as well. That's been a wonderful third line, and I expect that to continue into the postseason. Don't be surprised if it does. Sean Bergenheim, we probably won't see him, but maybe, maybe because his playoff record has been extremely good. But at this point in time, i got to think he is going to be... I think Sean Bergenheim will be a healthy scratch to open the series, depending on how things go. Nino Niederreiter has been very valuable in the, in, you know, in, the, in the short career he's had in the postseason. Granlin, I'm looking forward to see how, how he turns out once again. But it's just so cool to see that the Minnesota Wild... <laughs> as last night when I was watching the National Championship game for college hockey, Providence versus Boston U... I just started to get emotional and miss, you know, just reminiscing and wishing the Gophers were there. And then I started watching the videos, and then I started seeing Thomas Vanek making great, great moves and beating New Hampshire. And of course, that that uh, tip-in goal that he had against the Michigan Wolverines to send us into the championship game way back in '03. And then the MVP of all, you know, the MVP of all college hockey, the the uh, Hobie Baker Award winner, Jordan Leopold putting that puck on net <laughs> after Johnny Pohl won the faceoff back in 2 and then ultimately Grandpa Tony putting it in, but Jordan Leopold was the captain and was the MVP of all college hockey that year, and here he is, and you got these guys back wearing Minnesota jerseys for the first time since they were champions, folks. 
champions. Yes, I mean, that is just unbelievable to think that. And no, Thomas Vanek was on, I, I, I do apologize, Thomas Vanek was on the 2010 team that lost to Minnesota Duluth, just like the Govers did this year, damn it. <laughs> we lost to Duluth in the second round that year when we were trying to go for a three-peat, and you kind of figured that was going to happen. Um, three-peating in college hockey, yeah, good luck. <laughs> just winning two in a row is considered unbelievable. Um, but to see uh, to see Thomas Vanek and Jordan Leopold wearing those sweaters again, and Keith Ballard is on the team, Eric Halla too, but Leopold and Vanek especially, two of the most valuable players of those teams, to see them on the Minnesota Wild with this potential playoff run, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, <laughs> they might hold the Stanley Cup in Excel Energy Center or on the road, whatever it is, for a Minnesota team. Wouldn't that be unbelievable for for our Minnesota team? That would be such an awesome moment. And Zach Carizzi, who was on the North Dakota team back in those days, he was one of the stars of North Dakota back then. We had a pretty good idea he was going to have a successful NHL career, but to see just how successful he has been, wow. <laughs> it's been unbelievable. He's been more successful than Thomas Vanek, and Vanek went fifth overall. But hey, whatever it is, Thomas Vanek has been pretty damn good in the NHL throughout his career. It's going to be really fun to see uh, how this all turns out. Maybe uh, Jason Pominville really starts picking up the scoring again. Vanek, maybe, again, continues what he's been doing. Chris Stewart's value is going to be unbelievable in this series because not only is he a big, bruising, tough guy, but he's so fast, and he's his chemistry is unbelievable. I mean, he you could tell how he lightens the mood. He's, he, just looks, he just seems like such a fun guy, and he loves his team. He loves his teammates. And he... Just the physical aggressiveness that he has, and then the talent that he adds as well. It's just going to be so, so big for this team on this possible Stanley Cup run, and hopefully that's exactly where we're headed. I can see it definitely heading that way. I mean, this team has the pieces. They have the pieces from top to bottom to go all the way and win it all. And that's not a homer talking. This is me speaking not, not just from my heart, but from my NHL mind. The pieces are there. The pieces are there for this team to win. Are they the most likely team to win the Stanley Cup? No. But, (laughs) do they have the pieces? Yes. We do have the pieces. Do you have the great goaltending that you need to win a Stanley Cup? You have the leadership to win a Stanley Cup. You have the the head coach with his even uh, even keel ways? Yes. There you go. You have the veterans. You have the youth. And you have so many weapons to score. Yes, we've been shut out, and yes, it's still not a, not not like we're scoring four goals every night. But think about all the names on this team that can score. <laughs> think about all the names. I mean, Charlie Coyle, I wouldn't really call him a scorer, but he's a good passer, and he's physical, and he's good in traffic, and he's great wall game, all that stuff. But he can get those really, really, really big goals at great times, and that's really cool to have. you got the speed of Eric Halla. Justin Fontaine can score goals. He can be a huge factor, and I could see him being that in the postseason. Matt Dumba's explosiveness, rocket shot, but then you also have Zach Parise, who's obviously a 30-goal guy and an overall leader. Jason Pominville is a 30-goal guy, even though he wasn't this year. Thomas Vanek is a 30-goal guy, even though he wasn't this year. <clears throat> yeah, and it's getting kind of annoying saying that, but it's true, though. Nino Niederreiter is the kind of guy I think has 30-goal talent. Jason Zucker, are you kidding me? That guy can score. <laughs> he's going to be so key to the wild success in this postseason. He's going to be one of the, and this is a prediction I'm going to make, 
He's going to be one of the most valuable players of this entire playoff run, as far as I'm concerned, with that explosiveness and his overall scoring ability, his quick hands, his skill, everything, his skating. And he's he's great on defense now, as is Mikhail Granlin. Needle Niederreiter's physical and tough. Chris Stewart, again, I mean, I, I've said so much already about him. He's a 25-goal guy, to be quite honest with you, to add with all that strength and grit and his unbelievable passing ability. This team has the pieces to go very, very far. The key is to not let these St. Louis Blues get in their heads as much as they absolutely can. David Backus is an SOB. <laughs> and yes, I keep talking about that. Tarasenko's scoring ability is unbelievable, and he will be the key for the St. Louis Blues' success in this series. It's all about, literally, Tarasenko, um, Tarasenko's ability in, in general, just his scoring ability. He's like the Mario Lemieux, basically, of the St. Louis Blues. David Backus... How many penalties can he draw? How much BS can he force? And, of course, he's a great face-off and captain type of guy as well. Uh, TJ Oshie can get under your skin, but he can also score. Steve Ott is, whew, he's a physical son of a gun. That's what it all comes down to. But the history of the St. Louis Blues, to me, spells they're gonna spells doom for the Blues. And I think the Wild success rate has been off the charts, to be quite frank. And I think the Wild win this series in six. Long story longer. <laughs> That's how I think it winds up. So we're going to leave that as is for the time being, and we're going to obviously talk more and more about it over the course of time, maybe two to three game stretches. I'll try to get this show out weekly, but maybe even uh, maybe even just short shows after t- after like a two-game stretch or so. That's kind of what I attempted to do last year, and I may do that with the whole lawn cleanup situation coming up, which will make the release of the show sporadic, but possibly I can keep the show short and quick and to the point. If I do it after two-game stretches, uh, we'll see what's going to happen. There's no guarantee. I'm going to try to do that if I can. So let's ban- let's wander about, uh, around the league and do a little quick prediction type of thing and wrap up the show for this week. Oh, and by the way, the LA Kings didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I'll just say that first. The LA Kings, yep, we're the odd team out. Who'd have thunk it when you have Calgary, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Minnesota, and then the LA Kings are the ones missing out? Really? Not Vancouver or Calgary. Hmm. Well, all right. <laughs> well, all right then. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm glad the LA Kings missed the playoffs. As good as they are, uh, they were they were the one. They're the one team that could be the literally like the stone wall that could block the way. But it seems like in every sport, nobody repeats. Nobody repeats anymore. It's very, very, very rare. So uh, especially like in in baseball, the LA Kings remind me of the San Francisco Giants. You know, they they win the championship, and then the next year they don't even make the playoffs, but I suppose the last time the Kings won the championship, they did go to the conference finals, so what the hell am I talking about? Let's move on. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> Alright, the other side of this bracket and our second round opponent. Yeah, uh-huh. You know who it's going to be, don't you? And I do think the Wild advanced. Yes, like I've said a million times already. And the Chicago Blackhawks, even though they're the third seed and the National Predators are the two seed, Chicago is going to advance to the second round. They're going to beat the National Predators in six. I will go with a six-game series at this point in time. Chicago Blackhawks, Patrick Kane is going to be back at some point. Will it be in the first round? Will it be in the second round? Either way, though, Patrick Kane will probably be in uniform playing against the Minnesota Wild if and when we face each other in the second round. I hope the National Predators beat the Blackhawks because that would be really, really good news for the Minnesota Wild because we match up phenomenally well with the National Predators, without a doubt. We found a way to win that season series, and I can't believe it. As dominant as the National Predators were earlier this season, 
the Wild absolutely can and will beat the National Predators in the second round if they advance past the Chicago Blackhawks. As of right now, I can't pick that. Chicago in six. The other side of the Western Conference, Anaheim and Winnipeg. Oh my God, that is going to be a good series. Winnipeg is going to give Anaheim a hell of a time, and that's good. (laughs) Winnipeg is going to give Anaheim one hell of a series. They are going to beat the hell out of them. They're going to drive them nuts. They're going to frustrate the SHIT out of them. It's going to be a seven-game series, and we're going to have two-to-one scores, three-to-two, two-to-one, maybe even one-nothing type of scores going on. Maybe, you know, and, and we're talking two to one after overtime, like maybe double overtime. They're going to wear the hell out of the Anaheim Ducks, and that's good news. That's fantastic news, so should the Wild advance to the conference finals, uh, that would put the Wild in good position to possibly beat the Ducks, quite possibly, depending on how hard we have to work in, in the first and second round to get there in the first place. I hope we do get there, to be quite frankly, because that'll really give the Wild a good chance to do what it what I think they're capable of doing. I think they're capable of doing. I'm not guaranteeing it. Anaheim Ducks will win that series in seven, but Winnipeg will beat the bleep out of them. They'll drive them nuts. Maybe somebody won't even... <laughs> somebody on Anaheim, somebody significant might wind up hurt in that series. It's very possible. It's going to be a physical back-and-forth, two-to-one type of game type of series. It's going to be a crazy one. So watch, there'll be five-to-three scores in that one. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> it's going to be low-scoring, in my opinion, and Anaheim will survive by a slight margin in seven. Vancouver and Calgary. <laughs> Second round slaughterhouse for one of those teams. <laughs> and you know, I like Calgary. I love them. I love the Calgary Flames. That's my second favorite team in all of hockey. Vancouver, they're like my second least favorite team, or so. I hate St. Louis. I hate Vancouver. I hate Winnipeg. And I have a natural old school hatred for the Chicago Blackhawks. I used to have the same feeling for the Detroit Red Wings, but now that they're in the Eastern Conference, uh, uh, you know, they're okay. <laughs> and I, I like what they can do. They've, they've always been a, just Their skill level is ridiculous. And I'm way off track and way ahead of myself again. Vancouver and Calgary. Mm. Uh. Oh, boy. Both of these teams have had terrible playoff success the past couple years. The past few times they've made the playoffs. Vancouver had the number one seed in all of hockey and got swept in the first round by the LA Kings. <laughs> and wind up losing their coach. Their coach lost his job after that, and deservedly so, man. You don't get swept in the first round when you, have a, when you win the President's Trophy, which the New York Rangers have done. <clears throat> yeah, that's going to be an interesting series, too. We'll come back to that one. i got to stop snapping my lips here. Vancouver, Calgary. Boy, the fact that the Flames have stayed alive as long as they have I know Vancouver stayed alive and all that as well, and boy, they're a bunch of assholes, aren't they? Oh, they still are. All these years later, totally different team, and they're still assholes. It's just written all over them. I can't stand the Canucks. I can't stand the Jets. God dang it, I hope both of them lose in the first round. And just the fact that the Flames have stayed alive as long as they have, is a, it says something to me, the fact that they survived and made it. They actually survived past the LA Kings and beat them. I think they're going to outlast the Vancouver Canucks, and that one might go seven as well. Uh, I'm going to pick the the Calgary Flames in six, and I'll probably be wrong, but maybe. I'll pick the Flames in six, just because I can. Uh, Yeah, they're going to take a three-game-to-two lead, and they'll go back to the Saddle Dome for game six, and they will outlast the Vancouver Canucks like three to one or something in that game. Both teams have pretty good goaltending, and well, maybe. 
hey, you know, Ryan Miller, that's the other thing. I don't like Ryan Miller. I think he's, I've always thought he was overrated. I don't know, everybody's acting like he's like this world, world-class goalie. Ah, Eddie Lack, if the, I think is the better goalie. At least he's a better matchup for the Wild. Whenever the Wild play against Ryan Miller, we beat Vancouver. You know, I'd love to see Vancouver in the conference finals. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because we would win. We'd go to the Stanley Cup finals, man. <laughs> but I'm going to pick uh, Calgary over Vancouver in six. Six-game series, and I'm taking this way too long. Let's go out east for a short time here. Whoa. Huh. Whoa. First round matchup of the decade right here. Well, one of them. <laughs> I think Minnesota-St. Louis is going to be a lot of fun, to be quite honest with you. And Anaheim-Winnipeg is going to be really good, too. But Montreal and Ottawa, do you see, do you realize what's going on there? We might have 0-0 games going into overtime, but it probably won't be that bad. It'll be like 2-1 to one type of thing again. It's going to be like that. And these two teams a couple of years ago had the, <laughs> there was a lot of hatred between these two teams in the playoffs in the first round a couple of years ago. Ottawa ended up winning that series. Yes, they did. And Montreal just could not handle what Ottawa brought to the table. You know, and you got the two, two out of the three, the three, there's three unbelievable goalies in this, in this playoff series. And yes, Crawford's got a ring and everything too. So all credit to him. He's, he's a dangerous guy. Well, there's, and then there's Lundquist in New York. Oh, it just goes on and on and on. Hmm. And even the guy in the, in the Islander land is pretty good too. But okay. Carey Price against the Hamburglar. The, <laughs> the Hamburglar. Yeah. Hammond. Mm-mm-mm. That's a good series, man. That's going to be an awesome series. And, of course, Devin Dubnik over on our side. Ah, boy. I think Ottawa is going to win that series. Uh, I think Ottawa wins that series. They've been... They're they're a team of destiny, folks. They're a team of destiny. Really. um, Their record has been unfreaking believable since the Hamburger... Since the Hamburger got started. Think about it, though. Just think about how good they've been. Think about how out of the playoffs they were when Hammond took over. And they have a good go. You know, and that Anderson guy is pretty good, too. And remember, he shut out the Wild, and he made it look easy way back in the year when the Wild were sucking real bad. And I was like, man, we lost to Ottawa, and we couldn't even, we couldn't even score on them, and Ottawa sucks. And at that time, Ottawa was just totally out of it. They were terrible, not even close to the playoffs. And yet they made it. And this young Hammond guy, he's unbelievable, young Hammond guy. He was an undrafted free agent type of guy. One of the great free agent signings of all time for the Ottawa Senators, I'd have to say. And I think he's going to outlast even Carey Price. I think Ottawa's a team of destiny, <laughs> just like the Wild. Hint, hint. And I think they advance in a seven-game series. It's going to be in one of those great series that people are going to remember. This, this series is going to be all over the national media every night on the NHL, every night they play on NHL Game Center and, and any, the NHL Network. NHL Network, yeah, Game Center, whatever. You're going to be hearing about that series nonstop. It's going to be unbelievably nice. And now let's get to all these skilled teams after that. Tampa Bay, number two, and Detroit, number three. That is a nice series with a ton of skill, lots of scoring, and pretty good goalies, too. you got Bishop in Tampa. And you got uh, Jimmy Howard in Detroit. And Howard is just, oh, he's annoyingly good. He's annoyingly good, especially against the Wild. Detroit's so veteran, so experienced. But I think Tampa Bay is going to win that one. Uh, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning have a little bit more firepower than Detroit. I think the, the Red Wings are getting kind of old. And I think the, the Lightning, yeah, and the Lightning's home record is phenomenal this year. So the Lightning win that one in 
five. Uh, I, I think the Lightning win in five. And even though Detroit's going to put up a good fight in every game, there's going to be a single blowout. But I'll pick Tampa Bay in five, if you can believe that. I, I may be way wrong. Maybe I should go with seven. But I'm going to go with five. I'm going to be gutty. You know, this is radio. This isn't, uh, yeah. This is, you know, I, I, I can't pick everybody in seven either. i got to have a little balls here. So Tampa in five. New York Rangers against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to be a fun series. That's going to be a very fun series, but the I, the Rangers are just too much. They're just too, they're just way better than the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Penguins got lucky as hell. Oh man, the hockey gods smiled on them because their final game of the season was against the Buffalo Sabers. Yawn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Pittsburgh was able to make the playoffs, and yeah, they earned it and all that good stuff. And Boston kind of choked it away, and all that good stuff. But they're not going to survive against the New York Rangers. Rangers in. Um, Rangers in five in this one. Five or four. I'm going to go with five. New York Rangers win at home or on the road. That's a great hockey team. Damn it. <laughs> I'm scared of them to death, you know, to be quite honest. New York Rangers win in five over the Pittsburgh Penguins. There'll be a couple of close games, but I think the Rangers will clearly show that they're the better team out of those two, and they advance to round two. New York Islanders and Washington Capitals. <laughs> I like that. I don't like the Capitals, damn it. Uh, even though they're way better this year, their goalie's really good. They have a really, you know, their goalie's really good, as is the New York Islanders goalie. That's going to be a nice one. Nice matchup, to be quite honest. But I, um, the New York Islanders' playoff success recently has been bad, but it, it, it seemed like in the past, though, whenever they made the playoffs, they're going at least the conference finals. And boy, it's going to be interesting the second round. New York, New York. <laughs> you can already tell who I'm picking here. Washington never does anything in the playoffs, and until they prove me prove me wrong, they're not advancing. Just like the St. Louis Blues. Got the Wild winning again in six against the Blues. And I have the Islanders winning in six against the Washington Capitals. They'll close it out the in, in Rexall Center. I think the New York Islanders advance. I keep calling it that, yeah. It's not the Rexall Center. I apologize. That's that's Edmonton. But um, ultimately, the New York Islanders are going to advance. They are going to win that series in six. They're just going to be the better team, even though they've been on kind of a snide for a while. But they still managed to get a uh, number three seed in the conference and all that good in the division. Excuse me, in their division, the Metropolitan Division, and then they'll advance to play the Islanders in round number two. And there it is. That's my first round predictions. I'll try to kind of keep up with them. Ultimately, I'm not going to pick a Stanley Cup champion right now. But then again, it's so tempting to. <laughs> right now, I kind of think, I think <laughs> it's just kind of a, if all goes well and Devin Dubnik keeps it up, I think the Wild can win the Western Conference and get to the finals. I do. And as long as it's the New York, it's not the New York Rangers. I think the Wild win the Cup. Actually, to be quite honest, and. I didn't want to even say that because I think it's too dangerous. You know, I don't want to jinx them and all that or embarrass myself. But I do think this team, if Devin Dubnik continues to play as he has up to this point, the Minnesota Wild can win the Stanley Cup. There's one team that I fear the most, and that's the New York Islanders. Or Rangers, Rangers, not the Islanders. Yeah, even the Islanders scare me a little bit, but the New York Rangers scare me more than anybody. I think it would be the coolest thing of all time, though, if it was Minnesota and Ottawa in the finals. And not just because it's new Cinderella finalists, but because it's Devin Dubnik versus Hammond in the finals. How, how cool would that be? I mean, don't tell me for one second that would be the coolest thing you ever saw. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Wouldn't that be awesome? And, I, you know, there was a time earlier this season I thought that could absolutely be the Stanley Cup finals. 
<laughs> I thought it could be because the two goalies, the goalies of destiny. I think that's a, I think it's a possibility. But right now, I, I mean, like I was picking earlier in the year, Minnesota versus the New York Rangers in the Stanley Cup Finals is a legitimate possibility, and it would be very tough. But I think Andrew Hammond with that twenty and one record, twenty and one record, and two overtime losses, only one regulation loss in twenty four effing games, man. And pardon my language. And remember how good Craig Anderson was for the for the Ottawa Senators. Like I could continue to say. But Andrew Hammond has been even better than Dubnik in a way, but it's a much but it's a much shorter sample size. But when you look at that win loss record, you're telling me the Ottawa Senators can't at least at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I know the the Ottawa Senators could beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the second round, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are a great team, and they'll be an awesome test for the Ottawa Senators in the second round, who will beat the Montreal Canadiens. They will. But I think Ottawa's going to at least get to the East Finals and play the Rangers, and that's going to be an unbelievable matchup. Unbelievable. and I, <laughs> That's going to be the matchup of matchups right there. And I could see Minnesota going against Anaheim in the Conference Finals. Hopefully we avenge that. I, I don't like the way games have turned out against Anaheim in the past. It seems like it's always 2-1 to one Anaheim, 3-2 to two Anaheim, 4-3 to three Anaheim, 5-4 to four Anaheim. And it's, it's annoying. They always seem to win at the end. I'm scared a bit with that one. That's why I'm not too quick about saying the Wild in the finals. But don't sleep on Minnesota and Ottawa in the Stanley Cup finals. Don't sleep on it. It's very, very possible. The the the, the goalie records are unbelievable. Devin Dubnik and Andrew Hammond. Their records are ridiculous since they took over their respective teams. The possibility does exist and persist that Minnesota and Ottawa can face off in the Stanley Cup finals. <laughs> Boy, that would be unbelievable. I think the Wild could win that, but there's certainly no guarantee. <laughs> certainly no guarantee, is there? But it'd be quite the clash of the Titans when it comes to goalies. Hot goalies in the right place, right time. And man, it would be freaking cool to see it. <laughs> oh, boy. But with that, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it a show. This actually lasted quite a while because there's a lot of conversation about the postseason. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I brought good energy. Apologize if I was a bitch kind of rushed in the first segment. I do apologize. I just really wanted to get to this, if you can't tell. Just a few things had to get off my chest, just a little bit here. I hope I didn't run this one too long and kind of go a little crazy in the first one. But it's like, you just want to get the regular season over with, and let's talk playoff hockey, damn it. Is there anything more exciting, especially when you know your team can win the championship? That's what's so freaking exciting about all this. So with that, let's talk. we'll be back to review at least two games of this series. Hopefully the Wild are up two games to zero, or at least one-to-one. If they're down 0-2, well, they still can win. It's just going to be a tough road, but whatever. You know that already. Why am I even talking about it? Take care, everybody. We'll be back to review games one and two. (laughs) 